Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. And good morning again, everybody. It's so nice to be with you today. I'm going to take you down a little trip memory lane to the year 1996. It was a important year in my life. I was just emerging, some of you may recall, from a lot of challenges and difficulties, one of which was a sort of a spiritual crisis in my life. At that time, I was working at Unity's World Headquarters in Missouri, and part of my responsibilities was to travel around the country speaking and representing at various Unity churches around the uh, United States, and sometimes occasionally outside this country. In the midst of this kind of spiritual crisis that I was engaged in, People, after they would hear me speak, said, you know, you are sounding more and more like the pages of A Course in Miracles. And that was something I didn't really want to hear because at the time, A Course in Miracles was banned, purportedly narrated by the uh, consciousness of Jesus Christ, and Unity really didn't want to be affiliated with channeled materials at that point in time. So uh, when people began sharing this with me, that I was in fact uh, sharing the words of Course in Miracles, or the concepts at least, I decided that I should investigate this, but I had to do it incognito. I heard reference to somebody who was giving lectures in downtown Kansas City where I was residing at that time, and I snuck down to a church there, to a small room uh, where I heard a gentleman speak, and that man was Reverend Kevin Rice, uh, who has now become my dear friend of 24 years. <laughs> After we met, we began to really connect in terms of understanding spirituality from Unity and Course in Miracles perspectives, so much so that we began touring around the country giving lessons that were titled Unity, You, and A Course in Miracles. And eventually, because of our presence at Unity Village, the ban against Course in Miracles was lifted, and today, the two philosophies which integrate beautifully are experiencing a sense of oneness. So as I was approaching this morning's subject, I thought, let's see if I can get Kevin to join me in this adventure as we share the perspectives on the idea of judgment from both a unity perspective and a Course in Miracles perspective. Have you noticed? The urge to, to judge is stronger than ever these days. You say, well, what is there to judge? There's always an infinite number of things and individuals that you can judge in your life, my dear friends, especially when it comes to the subject of condemnatory judgment. Who can we judge? We can, we can judge people who wear masks. Or we can judge people who don't wear masks. Or we can judge people who are voting for Joe Biden. Or we could judge people who are voting for Donald Trump. We could judge people who honor and desire equality for all. And we can judge people who don't honor equality and honor for all. We could judge people who judge other people. We could judge people who judge themselves. It's endless, dear friends. You know, Jesus gave us some very valuable information in the Sermon on the Mount when he shared these words. Judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. And then he went on to talk to us about how we have this tendency, preoccupation, almost an addiction to looking at the specks of dust in other individuals' eyes, the tiny little imperfections, and judging them harshly, while all the time we ourselves have this great log in our own eyes. Now, just imagine how preposterous that is, my friends. 
Imagine if somebody walked into your home and they had a huge log in front of their eye and they wanted to come over and support you by plucking specks of dust out of your own eye when they themselves were not capable of seeing anything but the log within their own eye. So simple, so real, and yet so difficult for us to take our preoccupation off of condemnatory judgment being offered to anyone and anything outside of us and begin to not judge but spiritually discern actions that are right for ourselves. And don't you know that that is always and ever enough of a job for not just this lifetime but possibly many yet to come. Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of the Unity Movement, said this, Judgment is the faculty of the mind that can be exercised in two ways, from sense perception or spiritual understanding. If its action be based on sense perception, its conclusions are fallible and often condemnatory. Let me share that again. If its action be based on sense perception, its conclusions are fallible and often condemnatory. If based on spiritual understanding, they are safe. In other words, if we are utilizing the reports of our five senses to run around and cast judgments on ourselves or other people, there is every likelihood that they're going to be fallible and they're going to be condemnatory. A lot of people don't understand how they can get through a life without some judgment faculty. Well, it's not about releasing judgment. It's about redefining it and recognizing that condemnatory judgment is harmful. Spiritual discernment, which is a higher form of judgment, is always helpful. Condemnatory judgment is always based on sense perception. Spiritual discernment is always based on divine perspective. Condemnatory judgment typically is directed to both ourselves and to other individuals, but primarily to other people because it's easier to project onto others than it is to own the log that is before our own eyes. Spiritual discernment is almost always directed not to other individuals and in what they should or ought or need to be doing, but toward ourselves. When we tap into the divine within us and we receive spiritual discernment, we are guided in steps that move us toward the release of the log that is before our own eyes. And we release this preoccupation to pull specks of dust out of others' eyes. It's very difficult to take responsibility for that log if we're always putting the blame and putting the persecution off onto other individuals. Now, without further ado, it's my joy to welcome to the Unity on the Bay online experience, my friend, Reverend Kevin Rice. Thank you, Chris. The title is Judgment Day, right? You know, I meditate, I burn candles, I drink green tea, I pray, and I still want to smack some people. I do. And I don't think I'm alone. I don't. So we're talking today about judgment. Okay. And when we use the word judgment, what we really mean is duality-driven thinking. And I'm reminded by Adam and Eve allegory in the Old Testament, where Adam fell into a deep sleep, and in nowhere did he wake up from it. He was experiencing mind asleep, not mind awake. And therefore, because he did not wake up from it, he trafficked in judgment constantly, duality-driven 
thinking. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't judge. I'm saying that you are incapable of judgment. And remember, how many times that you knew the quote-unquote facts, and then you found later that you were grossly mistaken, okay? I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was at the supermarket. I'm in the line, 10 items or less, right? And I had 10 items or less, and the woman in front of me had 35 items. And my level of resistance went from zero to 10, and I began to judge it. And I said to myself, whoa, stop. You know, today I will judge nothing that occurs. And because of that, I suspended my judgment. And when I did that, immediately I knew that this woman looked up and saw the sign and said, oh my goodness, I made a mistake here. Okay, and he, she went up to another line. So we do this all the time. So we judge those we hate. We judge those we condemn. We judge those we fear. And I'll explain why this occurs. So most people, unfortunately, feed and foster guilt in their minds right now. And the reason why they do this is because they think that they're separate from God. They think that they're separate from other people, the world. And so a sense of guilt arises in their field of awareness. When they feed the guilt in their mind, they will see their past full of sin or shame, and they will see their future full of fear. And then what happens is they project it to the world. Okay, what is projection? We feel angst, we feel the guilt, the fear, the shame within ourselves, we don't like it, and so we repress it and project it to other people. You're the problem, not me. So we need to uproot this thing called guilt. Guilt is the most unproductive emotion in the world. Guilt is the glue that keeps the egoic mind intact, okay? And as, a, as the way of mastery says, for instance, that we will continue to project on others what remains to be unhealed and unforgiven in our own selves. So we are basically projecting our own unconscious guilt to the world nearly every day. We are basically nailing our brothers and sisters on the cross of time and space. So there's one question I would recommend that you ask yourself here. We need great honesty here. Is it harder for you to say, I love you, than I hate? Is it harder for you to say, I love you, than I hate? Unfortunately, people go toward the latter. And therefore, judgment is ubiquitous in our world. So how do we let go of our judgment here? Okay, we let go of judgment, which is based in the past and the future, okay? And the only reality is the eternal timeless now, the present moment, number one. So you're basically giving up an illusion. You put yourself in a position where judgment through you, rather than by you, can occur. In other words, your egoic mind is not making judgments anymore. We set aside the self-concepts, the self-image, and we allow the indwelling spirit of love to judge 
the experience of the person or the uh, event from the eyes of the Christ, if you will, from the eyes of love, okay? So how do we neutralize this judgment? We neutralize it through extension, which is the opposite of projection. So again, go back to us. Most of us have guilt here in our minds and, and sin in the past and fear in the future. Let's replace it with, in the present moment, we see ourselves as innocent. My holiness created me holy. My innocence, or God's creation or innocence created me innocent, okay? And my past will not be full of sin or shame, but is full of forgiveness. And my future is not full of fear either. Instead, I place the future into the hands of God. That is extension. And then I extend and express the good, the sacred, and the beautiful to you instead. So, secondly here, turn it around. Okay, turn it around. If my thought about Reverend Chris is, oh, Chris is so lazy, which he is not, but if he did, my thoughts was, Chris is so lazy. I turn it around and say, Kevin, have you been lazy? And the answer is yes. Oh, Chris is so stubborn. Well, turn it around, Kevin, have you been stubborn? Well, Chris is so unmindful. Well, turn it around. Kevin, have you been unmindful? And the answer is always yes, yes, yes. And it neutralizes that judgment. It replaces the projection to extension instead. Then another two questions to neutralize from Anthony Metivier. Two questions. One, are my thoughts helpful? Okay. In other words, are my thoughts full? Uh, are they lovingly thought or are they unlovingly thought? Okay. And secondly, how do they behave? How do my thoughts behave? Am I Debbie Downer, a negative Nancy, gloomy Gus? That is the behavior, the narrative, the storyline that we begin to tell ourselves over and over again. Those two questions begins to dismantle um, judgment entirely, okay? And the question for you is, what would you be without that narrative? What would you be without that storyline that you repeat over and over again? So don't follow that thought, okay? Change the subject. And also, go to where the speaker is speaking. When you guys came here to hear Reverend Chris and Reverend Kevin speaking today, you had to go to Facebook or YouTube and, or the internet. So you had to go where we were speaking. The same is true with the voice of love. You have to go where the voice of love is speaking. Okay, where is the love of, uh, voice of love speaking? The voice of love is speaking now. It's speaking in the eternal, timeless now. And in the present moment, judgment will disappear. Accepting all things as they are. Embracing with love all things as they are, okay? You know, God's voice speaks to you, but we do not hear it because we are too preoccupied by our own egoic voice, that fearful voice, okay? So today, empty your mind, clean the slate, 
as I do every morning from A Course of Miracles of Prayer, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What would you have me say and to whom? Okay? And listen. Listen to that small, still voice that arising from the indwelling spirit of love that abides in me and in you as well. Okay? And extend and express the good, the sacred, and the beautiful. To everyone I offer you love. To everyone I offer you kindness. To everyone I offer you truth. That is the opposite of projection. That is extension. From A Course in Miracles, it says, the strain, the strain of constant judgment is virtually intolerable. It is curious that an ability so debilitating would be so deeply cherished. My friend, you can cherish something else. You can cher cherish those attributes which reflect the nature of God, of love, goodness, kindness, beauty, and so forth. We seem to be in a dream of judgment. How do we awaken from that dream of judgment? Judge not. Thank you so much. Chris? Thank you, Kevin. You know, perhaps one of the greatest fear-driven motivators that a lot of us have ever experienced was this idea that at some point we're going to pass away from this planet, <clears throat> we're going to be standing at the pearly gates, and God alone is going to judge us, what we've done right and what we've done wrong. For what we've done right, we will earn merit toward the kingdom of heaven. For what we've done wrong, we shall perish in the fiery depths of hell. And part of the beautiful metaphysical spiritual understanding that unity brings to Scripture is that none of the above is true. Our God is not a God of judgment. Our God is a God of love. God is not judging you or me, dear friends. We are judging ourselves. And the whole idea of Judgment Day is our ability to set ourselves free from judgment of self and others. Not to steal Kevin's fire when it comes to Course in Miracles, but there's a beautiful statement from that book that reads, I release you and set myself free. What are we releasing another individual from? Our own harsh condemnatory judgment. And it starts with ourselves. Then, as Kevin says, is extended to others. So recognize with me right now, my friends, that every day is Judgment Day, and that's not something to fear, that's something to rejoice in. The moment we realize we are not intended to walk around on this planet carrying a heavy burden of casting judgments upon the specks in other individuals' eyes, our sole purpose is to exercise spiritual understanding, spiritual discernment that we may, through the instruction that we receive from divine inspiration, lift the log away from our own vision and see clearly that the specks in the eyes of others, well, they were never there in the first place. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration.
Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.